0: welcome to Lessons She Learned, where we have conversations about different life lessons that we learn every single day. This entire arsenal of content is designed to help you really quick just find what you're looking for, digest it, help you process it so that you could do whatever other thing you need to get to. Sometimes we need to solve the problem in our mind before we could go ahead and solve the problem before us. And so I'm excited for this content to kind of be a tool to help you go ahead and do that. Hello, and I'm excited to get into today's podcast episode. I'm a little I'm a little excited about it a little bit <laughs> because one of the things that I always felt like uh, was that sometimes Podcasts that I love from people who whose personalities I absolutely absolutely adore. Um, Sometimes I wish that they would leave the the like personal development or um, the entrepreneurial space to kind of like tell me what they think about other areas that are like loosely related. Or like just connect it because we have that in common. And so one of the things I'm excited to do with this podcast is not necessarily force it to be one kind of like genre exclusively. And that it isn't explicitly about motherhood. It isn't explicitly about marketing. It isn't explicitly um, about anything. It It's kind of just like looking at the lessons we've learned in life. And we're learning about more than just one lane or one area of life. Um, And so I wanted to get into that. And so in this episode, we are going to be talking about spiritual maturity. Um, And one of the reasons I I like talking about this in general um, is because it took me a minute. Um, It took me a while to get to points of or milestones within my process of becoming more spiritually mature with time um, and there were so many things that I could only gather from reading my Bible like there was there's no there's no work around, there's no sermon series for it um you You have to really be reading and not just reading to say that I read, but reading to actually understand, so like reading and studying the word to really grow and the reason i want to bring this up is because i i grew up in the church it doesn't mean i paid attention the whole time but i was definitely physically there and so when, while i was there um there wasn't always there was always an emphasis on just kind of like being a part of activities being a part of community um, having friends and you know having having you know church family and things like that, um having the kinds of friends who you feel like you know would help you make the right choices and all the such, but one of the things I struggled with right around the transition right around some sometime in high school was I started to struggle with it with what it meant to be. Like a babe in the faith, which is what some people call it, or to be like, a new believer or to be, the kind, like, newly engaged, because you could be around your faith for a long time, um, but not take personal responsibility for what it means to get into your word, to not personally want to go to church on Sunday or something like that. But the moment the, the switch flips, you're like, oh, okay, what, what, okay, so what are we doing? How, <laughs> how do we do this? What's step one? Um, and so, right around, I want to say maybe like 11th, 12th grade, somewhere in there, um, I started to care a lot more about what what was happening in the Bible, what was happening with my faith and with myself. And so I started trying to figure out, um, well, first my, my spiritual appetite all of a sudden had like Peaked like it was at that point, it was the most I had ever wanted to know more about what the Bible said, about what God said. Um, I was, I would like sit in church, um, and we'd be, we'd have a service, or we might have a double service. I feel like churches don't even do that no more <laughs> two service one after another. Um, but we would have a double service, and I would go home, like, bro, like, I need more, like. <laughs> what about X? What about Y? And so that's when I first started to get onto YouTube and like, look for other biblically sound preachers who I felt like I could listen to, who I felt like could really teach me something about what the text said and how they studied it and things like that. And, you know, it helped me. It it was something that helped me try my best in my transition away from my church during like that four years when you're in school and you're kind of not necessarily being shepherded. Um, you don't necessarily have that close knit community anymore. You can kind of get away with whatever, um, which I did, but What ended up happening was there's, then there was another point or another milestone where I was looking to take my faith even more seriously. I realized how much I had been covered, um, how, 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 how often I was protected. And I was like, yo, like, I want to take this to the next level. But I'm bringing this up because before, before I decided to get serious, um, Somewhere between my first growth spurt, which is before I, I truly, for real, for real, cared at all. Um, between the first growth spurt and the second one, which was probably around my junior year of, high, of college again, like some, somewhere in that four year window. Um, I felt like I didn't want to dig too deep because I knew it would change me. I knew that it would change um, the kinds of conversations I had with my friends. It would change some of the friends that I made. I knew that it would change the environments I decided to, um, to be in. I knew that it would change the way that I dated. I knew, I knew it would change the way that I literally got dressed. It would change so much. It would change the way that I talked. Not in not in now we talking in old English, but all, all of a sudden I probably just wouldn't curse. I wouldn't want to talk about different things. I probably wouldn't want to gossip all these things because of what I know that the word says about that kind of behavior um, and presenting yourself that way. And so I had decided <laughs> whether I like it or not, I decided that I wasn't going to grow because I knew that would be bad for my undergrad lifestyle, like i was I was just not trying to give it up um and as crazy as that sounds and as as bad as that sounds in my opinion, like it was true. I was reading um this the, the past couple of days, and one of the one of the areas where I was reading it was talking about who Christ is, and it was talking about. It was just giving different metaphors, trying to describe in, in like very pointed language, like who he is and what he's done. And it interrupts the conversation about who Christ is with the conversation on spiritual maturity. And the tone surrounding spiritual immaturity changed all of a sudden. So it went from being like very like historical in a moment um very contextual like just telling you something about christ in this way that's kind of a little dense in my personal opinion like it, it was something you definitely needed to sort through but there was definitely like majesty in language but i was like okay so this that worked and then all of a sudden it was almost like if i'm telling you information and i notice you're not listening and then my tone changes And so I start talking to you about talking to you about listening. Like that was that was a kind of like trajectory the text was on. And so all of a sudden, like the text started getting gully. Like it was just talking about the dangers of of immaturity and like all these things. And I was just like, what happened? This text was just so thick. Like I had to take my time to sort through it. And now now it's going in and I don't got to work hard to see that is going in um and so i was like what's what's happening here i realized that the topic in the description and the context being provided about who christ was was so important but so challenging to grasp if you are spiritually immature in in any way but what it does or what it did in the text was also detail how a lot of immaturity is a decision and so it it was talking about how any sp- spiritual immaturity that we're struggling with is a decision we made and so what we have to do is unmake that decision towards laziness in the spirit towards being willing to be diligent in the spirit to actually understand what's happening and to understand what's at stake. And there are three things that I was able to go ahead and pull from this text. um, And I'm going to tell you exactly what the text is too, um, that I was able to pull from this text that really did me in. (laughs) And so the first thing, the first lesson I was learning and looking at the way that the text was talking about the danger of spiritual immaturity, the very first one is that immaturity guarantees that you are unprepared. The reason this matters so much is because, in the very first lines in the section about spiritual immaturity, it was calling. For believers not to be lazy, not to lazily sift through the word, not to lazily read, and and not to have a lazy life as it pertains to living a life restored and renewed. And whenever we decide that we are going to be immature... We are saying, I'm probably not going to do whatever this work is. I'm probably not going to put in whatever the effort is that's required. And what that means is in in a space where you're kind of given a lot more context about what's about to happen, how serious this is, how you want to handle these challenges. When you decide that you're going to opt out of whatever the work is to save yourself some effort to save yourself some time. You're guaranteeing that you are never going to be prepared for what it is developing or preparing you for. Immaturity is opting out of the safety and security of preparation. So that was the first lesson I was able to glean in that that section. The second one is that I already mentioned it a bit, but immaturity is also a choice and a posture. The choice is to choose yourself over choosing to to, to choosing to kind of like lean into what it is the word says, but it's it's a posture where you're prioritizing self and ego over and not even your best self so if you were truly prioritizing yourself you would lean in you would you would learn you would glean you would you would protect yourself um by leaning in and figuring out how to defend yourself against any tools or tricks of the enemy in any way but you are lazily choosing yourself which is still causing harm in the end and lastly immaturity will leave you blaming god for bruises when you refuse to defend yourself in the fight All I was trying to do was read Hebrews chapter five and chapter six. That's all I was trying to do. I was like, oh, snap. And all of this came up because it was going so hard talking about spiritual immaturity, talking about the dangers of of being so passive about your faith that you actually fall away. And I couldn't help but feel like, man... I don't know what it is or what it was that made me start to transition from feeling like a youth because <laughs> you can't be a youth forever. That, that makes you realize, man, I, my, my age or my perceived youth is not a good enough excuse as to why I don't take something so seriously that I've clearly decided to stick my life on. And one of the conversations I wish someone would have had with me was that you are never too young for spiritual maturity. And you're also never finished with spiritual maturity. It's not just about how much you feel like you can quote. It's not just about how much you think that you understand. It's about how much you apply. Um, It's also about how how, how much of an impact The way you apply it impacts the lives of others. The Christian faith is not a selfish faith. A lot of it is connected to other people. It's deeply rooted and connected in our relationship with God. But at the end of the day, even he brings us back to himself and then back to other people. And so... I realized that I had this kind of like adjustment period where I had to decide that I wasn't going to settle for being a babe in the faith just so I could live by a lesser standard set by the world. When I really found out after doing some reading and some studying, how young some of the people in the Bible were being used by God in all these special and fantastic ways. Some of them, as young as their teens. I said, Oh, there's. This world will set this standard, this precedent of waiting until you feel like you've sowed your wild oats before you give your life over or before you for real, for real, start organizing your heart and your life and your posture to orient it towards him, his will and purpose. But you really don't got to wait years to do that. The moment you have that desire to do that, you should do that. But here's another thing. And this came up in my mind out of nowhere. We'll have entire Christian men, Christian women, um, like moments where everybody's doing something by faith. Everybody's walking in purpose, but we're still immature in the faith in so many ways. And one of the signs of it is feeling like every Christian thing has to be monetized or every single thing has to feel like purpose. It can't ever feel like just work. And there are so many ways that the Bible breaks down how God uses moments, how he uses environments, how he uses challenge how he designs challenges for us so that we might be able to live grow and heal in the way that we need to but having a healthy relationship with your ideas having a healthy relationship with your work with your family with with other people requires the kind of spiritual maturity we sometimes avoid so that we don't have to be so different from this world but at the end of the day If we want what we say we want, which is not just to to live in eternity with him, but to also be putting ourselves in a position where we get to be assets to the kingdom even here and now. It's going to take deciding not to shrink from our faith so that the world accepts us and just swell with it and be larger than life. This is something that it took me some time to start working through is something I'm still very much working through. Um, Not delegating the responsibility of my spiritual health to somebody else, but being like, yo, let me get in my work because I need to know him for myself. Because my, my pastor, he can't do it for me. My My friends, they can't do it for me. My husband, he can't do it for me. I'm responsible for my own walk. I'm responsible for my own relationship. And so... What that means is that settling for being young in the faith isn't good enough. No matter how old you are, you got to work through it and you have to choose maturity because it simply means you're deciding to not look away just to say you didn't see. And so I hope that this has helped you. I hope that you take a look at (laughs) Hebrews 5 and 6 because it rocked my world. Um, It got real thick, real fast. It got real heavy, real fast. But that, I mean, like really looking at it, really breaking it down, really, really, really um, makes it worth it, makes it exciting. Um, Oh, I can give you recommendations too. So when I read my Bible, when I read my Bible as I'm studying, I normally am reading out of the Christian standard bible. So that's the version that I that I read. I want my my church reason, reads that version as well. Um one of the reasons we read it is because it is so clear using plain English um and sometimes when I want other language to give me a better sense of like intensity, I'll use other versions like I'll check out the King James Version just to see like how the language differs. I'll look at other versions too. I'll look at whatever versions I honestly just like just to see how the the language differs a bit. When I am confused, I'll be getting thoroughly confused. I'll be like, like, it's something here. I just don't know what it is. I don't know how I would know what it is. Sometimes I don't know the context. Um, Sometimes I'm just like, what does this mean? To me, sometimes my question is straight up, why should this matter to me because sometimes I just don't know um I use a commentary a commentary is a book that is kind of like it gives you context on what the Bible is saying, what was happening when it was said, and what it just it gives you like context for what's being described in the text and so it gives you. That kind of analysis of it. That doesn't mean there isn't still analysis for you to do outside of the commentary. There always is, um, but it gives you enough context to be able to understand and start to like grasp exactly what's happening. The commentary that I use um, is the Baker Illustrated Commentary, um, and I love it. <laughs> Mine is like marked up. Um, and it's organized in the same way that the Bible is organized. So it's like organized from Genesis to Revelation and it gives you like, like stuff about the author, stuff about the time, stuff about like history. Um, and then it'll tell you about the culture and the environment of that like book. And then it'll start going by like step by step. And it also does a really good job at connecting one scripture to the other scriptures that it's connected with so it'll like tell you like another place in the bible where that said or if it's if this scripture is picking up where another scripture left off in a different book like it does a really good job at breaking that down too so are there any other tools i really like to use or like that i i would recommend someone use when they want to get into their first like oh nah i don't just read i study Um, buy books on the books of the Bible you're reading. I think that that helps a lot. So if you don't want to buy the like a full commentary, then the least you could do is like buy a book on the book of the Bible you're reading um, and just make sure that the author that you're reading it from has a healthy and biblical understanding um, of what it is that's being broken down there. So like, for example... When I really want to get into, like, thick study mode, um, I'll, like, have my Bible, I'll have my commentary, and I'm normally reading a book at a time. So, I don't, like, I don't necessarily just, like, study a topic, like... Normally, I'm just like reading a book through and through. So for example, I'm, I've am i read like Nehemiah and studied Nehemiah, which is one of my favorite books in the Bible. I've studied Genesis. Genesis is so thick, like it makes sense to go back to her like once a quarter, like so thick. Um, but like I'll read it from the the book from beginning to end and I'm going line by line. Not to just read it, but to figure out what in the world it's talking about. It's like not even just like double entendre. It's like quadruple entendres on so many verses where it means this and it means that. And and it starts to reveal to you the majesty of what it is that we believe. um, And it's exciting. And so having a good commentary, having um, a, even like a book specific commentary, even if it's not a whole Bible commentary, the, it makes reading the Bible fun because finally you understand what they're talking about. Um, I use sometimes I'll use this software. It's it's free. You can get paid versions of it, too, or you could just buy books one by one. But I use this um, software called Lagos. Um, and it's, it's like, if you have a good set of books and you were to do a search inside of the software, you would be, it would be the equivalent of asking a Christian Google, like, like, that's my best way of putting it. Because sometimes if you try to Google something, something from somebody's uncle who not even saved, who has not even for real read the Bible, who has never studied it, who has no accreditations, has all the opinions. And they wrote this blog post and they're really good at SEO. That's the one you gonna see first. But in order to make sure that you're seeing things, even if you want to see things from people who don't necessarily always agree with you or your point or your perspective, you definitely want to be able to find like scholarly Commentaries, things from theologians, things from people who have studied this work despite their perspectives or despite their leanings, you want to go to a place that is well versed in this world in this space, and not just Joe, who's good at s e o and really wanted to make a controversial blog post um and so I hope that this has helped you i I know like learning things like this helped me so very much. Um, And I hope that you're able to kind of like take these tools and these resources and apply them in your own day, in your own life and kind of build up a a little routine or a schedule of both reading and studying the word as well. You just finished an episode of Lessons She Learned and How You Feel. Do you feel like you learned something new? Do you feel like, you know what? I think I might have what I need to do exactly what I need to do today awesome well if you did if you love this episode i want you to go ahead and hop into hop into that little area where we do our ratings wherever you listen to podcasts i would love to go ahead and get that rating just so more people who are interested in content like this can honestly just go ahead and find it find out that they're in the right place find out that they're around the right people and so that's the point of that but also your favorite point your favorite uh, thing that was said i would love for you to go ahead and screenshot that note that tag me. I will be shared you. I'm so grateful. Anytime anyone is saying, hey, this information helps me, this content really helped me work through this. And I want to know, I want to know how it impacted you. And so go ahead, tag me on Instagram at Zaniah E. Blue. Uh, the spelling is in the show notes because you know, you know how that goes when people spell it any way they want to, but <laughs> I'll see you next time. And I'm excited to share even more about what I have learned. (laughs)